iTunes presents Meet the Filmmaker at the Apple Store. Going on a road trip, huh? Yeah. A tour of America's most famous UFO hotspots. I hear that. I cannot believe we're going to see Area 51. I'm Paul. <laughs> what have you done to him? He fainted. Yeah, but you made him faint. But it's not like I set my phaser to faint. You've got a phaser? Oh, God. I really need your help. This is a matter of life and death. Heads up. We just got reassigned. I want E.T. back in his fishbowl or dead ASAP. Hey! Ah! Reese's Pieces! Yes, thank you. What if he inserts a probe into our you-know-what? Well, apparently they don't do that. Anyone want one of these? Eh? Anyone? Eh? Warning. <gasps> He's from another world. He cannot be from space. It's not possible. You saw it for yourself. He's right there. Are they looking? Are they looking right now? <laughs> ah. How did you go invisible? Like Predator. It's a camouflage response. So you can do it anytime you want. Anytime. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Have you gentlemen seen anything unusual this evening? No, not really. <laughs> Guys, this is too dangerous. I can make it on my own from here. We are in this together, Paul. Tell me which way the little green guy went. Why are we holding hands? So we look like a family. Just a couple of regular guys walking down the street with a small cowboy. Break it down, boys. Stoke the fire. This is the most fun I have ever had. Okay? Yeah, he'll be fine. Yeah. Don't worry, I got it all under control. Yeah, what are you doing? Just watch. It's <laughs> a miracle. Why would you do that? I'm not gonna eat a dead bird, am I? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome this evening's guest moderator, Whitney Matheson of USA Today, and tonight's guests, Greg Matola, Simon Pegg, Nick Frost, and Jason Bateman. Testing. Thank you. Can I just say Thank before you. we start that the reason we're a little bit late is because Jason insisted on standing in line tonight, and I just want to say that's a big thank you for that. You. They don't get it. They don't get it. Thank God. <laughs> thank you guys for being here. This is a big crowd here to see you. It's very exciting. Yes, thank you for coming. Now, I heard that you guys, Simon and Nick, watched some movies to get psyched for making Paul. Is that true? And what films did you watch? Uh, we watched Close Encounters and E.T. And that was it. We took the rest of the day off. <laughs> <laughs> really? That was probably it. I think um, when we made Hot Fuzz, me and Edgar watched a lot of action films, but, but um, I think Nick and I felt fairly qualified when we started writing Paul. We all, we'd spent our life watching these movies, and uh, you know, it, it, it was more a question of learning about America. So what we did for, to prepare for Paul was we took the road trip that Graham and Clive take in the movie, and we went um, from uh, California to Colorado in an RV. 
And that was the best thing we could have ever done, you know, to learn about what it's like to travel across land. We've been airport to airport, but it's such a huge place, America. It's shocking. It's amazing. And what were some of your favorite stops along the way? Utah, we like Utah very much. Soldier Summit, that was, uh, there was a lot of snow. Um, we stopped in a lot of barbecues kind of everywhere we went, didn't we? The Canyon of Fire, that Canyon was Canyon nice. of Fire was very nice. It wasn't on fire when we went there. Uh, I we think left it, it on ruins, fire Tuesdays to Thursdays inclusive. Um, uh, we, what about um, Casper, Wyoming? Yeah, very nice. We stopped there and had a shower in, a, in an eight motel. Not together. <laughs> and is it true that this movie has been in your head since the Shaun of the Dead era, all the way several years? Yeah, it came out of a, a conversation we had in the garden when we were doing this. We were throwing records at uh, zombies in Shaun of the Dead, and the weather. Thank you. I like that. Always happens in America. You mention something, and people go, "Yeah." Um, in England, if you mention something you've done before, someone says, "Oh, shut up! <laughs> Stop going on about Stop yourself." Going on about Shaun of the Friggin' Dead. Um, the, yeah, we were, we were having trouble with the weather and, and, and Naira Park, our producer of, of old since Spaced uh, <laughs> took a gamble uh, she said why can't we shoot something uh, somewhere warm and, and that does, doesn't rain and we kind of thought a desert and then that wasn't a huge leap to an alien in Area 51 and we thought okay so it's got to be two British tourists and an alien and that was the kernel of the idea for Paul and it just stayed with us for seven years and when uh, Edgar went off to do Scott Pilgrim and Nara said, should we make a movie as well? Uh, we thought, well, okay, we'll do Paul. Because we had that idea and that was how it happened. And Greg, what is it like working with these guys? Well, I was, I was quite intimidated because they've had this incredible collaboration with Edgar Wright. And I, I think Edgar is an, uh, an amazing filmmaker. Um, but, you know, they, they made me feel really welcome immediately. They made me feel like I could make it my own film, uh, that we could do something different. And you guys supported me throughout this whole process, through post-production, through... Thank you. Thank you. And, and when I start... And if this goes wrong, I'll just say, hot fuzz! Hot fuzz! <laughs> Woo! Hot, woo! Yeah. No, so it, it was, it, we had way too much fun making this film. So, Greg, I heard you were influenced by Spielberg when you were making this as, as they were... Well, the script has, is such a love letter to... Um, Spielberg's films and, and science fiction, particularly from the 70s and 80s, uh, I, you know, could never be a, a, a savant filmmaker like Spielberg, but I did try to get little pieces of it. Hopefully there's a little bit of the magic in it toward the end of the film. Um, the movie slowly turns into a Hollywood movie, starts kind of as a, an indie road trip. And this is something Simon said to me early on when we first met about it. It should be Little Miss Sunshine. Instead of Alan Arkin, we have an alien. And since I'm from the indie film world, uh, I was very excited to, uh, to try and take the you know, handheld techniques of film, indie filmmaking and try and mix an incredibly expensive CGI special effect into that. And what was it like working with that CGI alien? Is it... We got a real one in the end, fortunately. It worked, it worked out cheaper. <laughs> to, actually, to actually pay for an alien to come to Earth is cheaper than using a, making a CGI one. No, it was, it was actually a very complex process that we had to figure out on the way. Uh, like, because we said to Greg earlier on, look, we want it to be like, like you said, kind of handheld. So you're seeing this incredible creation. It's like seeing Gollum in Fandango or something, you know? It's like a really weird sort of juxtaposition of seeing a very sophisticated effect in, a, in quite a lo-fi environment. And we wanted that to come across. So we, first of all, we worked with Seth Rogen, who voices Paul in LA. We filmed the entire film on video. Um, 
with Seth wearing a performance capture suit. And then uh, after that, we went and filmed the movie in, in Santa Fe. I and mean, Joe Latrulio, who plays Agent O'Reilly in the movie, he played <laughs> um, Bacon. I knew people who loved Bacon. Uh, he played Paul on set, so we had an actor to work with so we could get a conversational rhythm going and it wouldn't sound like we were just leaving a space for the script supervisor to read the lines in. We actually improvised with Joe and had then Seth listen to what Joe had done on set and then revoice uh, the part again. And then Double Negative came in and created this extraordinary character who, I, I, who after a minute of being on screen, you just buy that he's there. It's, I, mean, I, my, I take my hat off to, uh, to Double Negative. They made something everything that we wanted and more in Paul. He's such an amazing little character. I love to imagine Seth Rogen in a motion capture suit. So when we look at Paul, we're really looking he, at... He looks Seth like a, a bike messenger from space. And he, he wears a, this camera on the end of his face strapped to his head so that you can get a, just a wide-angle shot of his face and his eyebrow, you know, all the brow movements, mouth movements. It's very helpful for lip-syncing. But it kind of looked like he was a folk singer with a harmonica on all the time. Like yeah. he was just going to break into Mr. Tambourine Man while wearing a bike messenger costume. He was very he, he ridiculous. Was in good shape because he was just about to go and shoot Green Hornet. So he actually looked pretty good in his uh, in his one in his onesie. <laughs> Believe me. Um, Jason, hello. Hi. <laughs> hey. Why, why don't you tell us the name of your character first of all? My character's name is Agent Zoyle. And, uh, What's his full name? Uh, his first name is Lorenzo. And, um, and he is in, uh, in, in hot pursuit of Paul. He is a government agent, and uh, Paul has uh, escaped from Area 51, where we, the government, have been working with him for years. Uh, he's tired of that and wants to go home, and it's my job to get him back. So uh, unfortunately for me, I got to every set that these guys were at like a day later. So it was, it was me and a Crown Victoria um, for, for a few months out there in New Mexico. But uh, we did have some, some overlap, and then at the end of the movie, we have a, a nice scene together. So uh, for the most part, I didn't get to play with the cool kids. But, um, but we that, used to come on set and watch you, though, because was, that was always a joy to watch you on the monitor. Is that what it was? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd sit and just stare at you on the monitor for it hours. wasn't a game on the TV? It was a game, sure. Yeah. <laughs> when there wasn't a game, we'd come down. During the commercials. Yeah. Thank you. And your character is, is kind of a nasty... He's kind of a nasty little man. How, How dare you? Uh, do you, do you uh, like playing that? I mean, you're usually such, such a lovable guy on screen. Everybody get that? <laughs> he is a very severe, humorless... You know, government agent. He's he's Tommy Lee Jones in Men in Black. He's Yafet Kodo in Midnight Run. He's you know, two of you know my favorite movies and two of my favorite characters. And so I I got to rip all that off, and and do next to nothing. Uh, you know, combine that with Joel Trulio and Bill Hader being you know more than funny. You you really don't have to do much of anything except try not to screw up every take by laughing, which which. I only had like a 50% success ratio. <laughs> there are so many pop culture references in this movie. It's, well, I mean, that's expected, I guess, coming from, from you. But it's like one after the other. Was that one of your goals, to have more pop culture references than anything ever created? Yes. Uh, yeah, that's what we went. I don't think we for. set out to do that. I think that the thing is, this film is in the tradition of a lot of other films, and we wanted to embrace that. We know we've seen 
Paul before, you know, part of the joke of the film is that Paul has had a, a huge influence on science fiction cinema over the years because he's been telling people what to do. You know, he gave Spielberg the idea for E.T.'s healing ability. He gave, you know, uh, various different filmmakers. He gave the Predator people the camouflage thing. Mr. You know, Miyagi's clap. Mr. Miyagi's clap. He's in, he's, he is... <laughs> He is the kind of, you know, the cultural overlord of the world. And, and, and in that respect, the film had to look back at other films as if Paul has influenced that. Because it was a way for us to retroactively rip off everything ever and <laughs> claim that it was our idea, or Paul's at least. But no, it just, I mean, you know, you can't not acknowledge the cinema that's gone before with a film like this. This is a comedy. You know, it's not um, original in its kind of s s uh, sort of subject matter. So we, and we wanted to accept that and, and say Paul is the child of many other aliens that have all had a big orgy and, and, and there, there he is. And how did you decide what qualities, what, when to draw the line between what kind of superpowers that he has or what alien powers he has and what human qualities I think it was just what we needed to fill in the script, <laughs> really. <laughs> and what we'd seen before, like, you know, the, the idea that he can... He can revive a dead bird by intrinsic field memory. What was it? That's it. it. You had got good, it. He had a good word. Um, he can he can camouflage himself. It was important that these 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 talents that he had we had seen before, you know, because like I said that he that he had uh, suggested them to various filmmakers, and that's where they, the mind meld. You know, he has the ability to, you know, he gave Gene Roddenberry the idea for the Spock's mind meld. Mm -hmm. So if we uh, ever go up to Paul's planet, you will see why he needs all these things genetically. So yeah, stay tuned, maybe for Paul's. I have uh, two observations. One is your you recreated Comic-Con in this film, and right? You weren't, you had to recreate the whole thing. And I thought, as somebody who goes every year, it's am it, you did an amazing job of doing that. I fully believed that you were at Comic-Con. Well, we were shooting right after Comic-Con happened, so a lot of the people uh, who have booths there were very kind to come actually bring their stuff to Albuquerque, and we filled up a section of a convention center. We, we weren't such a big budget film that we could actually have the number of extras that you would see um, at a real day at Comic-Con. So we had to kind of shoot it in a way that you weren't aware of the fact that it's just not the giant crush of people you see at Comic-Con. But, you know, when we looked around for extras who were willing to come in costume, we found out people come from all over the United States in their Princess Leia slave outfits. And a lot of them happened to live in the Southwest, and they were quite willing to drive themselves to Albuquerque to help us out, which was really sweet. We had, you know... A lot of slave layers. There are a I lot think probably of slave layers. And there's hot. a slave master. They come with a slave master. It's really weird. <laughs> I think because it's quite hot in the southwest, I think it's pr probably the best thing to wear is just a gold bikini. Yeah, there are a lot it's of quite stuff cooling. Chewbacca's in the Southwest, and all the uh, all the Princess Leia slave girls. Are There's a lot of shaved Chewbacca's in the Southwest. And when you're tweaking, you build up a real big sweat. <laughs> <laughs> and the other thing is your your t-shirts in the film are are awesome. Did you have any input on your wardrobe? That's Nancy Steiner. We've got to give credit to our costume designer, Nancy, who was extraordinary and, and, and sourced all these amazing T-shirts for us. Then we had to clear them as well. So we had to phone up Lucasfilm and, and Marvel. And there, there, were, there were a lot of no's, actually. A few people didn't, want, didn't like the idea of you know, their properties being associated with a dope-smoking alien. Oh. Uh, I'm not sure who they think reads their comics, but... Um, <laughs> you know, but th we were very fortunate to get our... Um, you know, um, Dan Close is a friend of uh, Greg who draws for 8-Ball and he did us a special uh, cover for, um, for one of the comics in the film and also I wear a t-shirt with uh, one of his characters on. 
Now, I think we have a few minutes for some audience questions. And um, when I call on you, just wait for the microphone to come around. And what? And so be thinking about questions. And uh, let's question. see if anybody here. has one. Hey, thanks for coming out today. Pleasure thanks for you coming um, out. I was just wondering, as a fan of space and Hot Fuzz and Shaun of the Dead, uh, what was it like doing this kind of humor, this kind of pop culture comic book geek humor in an, under an American lens instead of more of a British lens, instead of just you two guys, you know, like, within a cast of British, you know, British cast with, like, what was it like doing this with an American cast? I know what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think, personally for me, it was exactly the same, but we got to play with some of America's finest comedy talent, you know. Jason as well, which is great. You know, he... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, you know, it's, it was a, a wonderful dream that because of Space, Hot Fuzz and Shaun of the Dead, we, uh, thank you, uh, you know, that kind of uh, enables us to give a script to someone and it potentially gets read by the person you'd like it to be read by as opposed to shredded. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we put it out there and uh, we're glad that er everyone we wanted said yes and we got to play in New Mexico for three and a half months. It was, it was important for this film that it had an American lens, you know, because it's about America. It's about two aliens in America, which is, is not Paul at all. It's, it's me and Nick. And um, we wanted, having, as, as a fan of Greg's and having seen him do a great road pick in Day Trippers, but also treat a kind of screwball comedy with great sensitivity and super bad, it seemed to us that he was the perfect person for the job. And uh, we were right. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> All right, who else has a question? I think the mic, okay, there we go. Oh, um, is this a lot different from anything else you guys have worked on before and what things did you like about it and what did you like better on other projects you've worked on? Wow. That's a lot of questions. <laughs> uh, the food was really nice, uh, which is, it's not like that in, on British films. You kind of, they come around with a tray of sandwiches uh, but here they, you know, it's very nice. There's a barbecue every day. It's, it's very civilized. Hot and cold running Cheetos. Yes, that's right. Uh, slim gyms whenever you want. It's, it's amazing. It, it is remarkable how similar the film industry, where, wherever you work, you know, making a film is, is it's basically the same production structure. But for us, it was the environment that was really different. Uh, not least getting to work with our, some of our favorite actors and, uh, and directors, but, um, well, one director. Uh, but, but being in New Mexico and, and that setting, that enormous vista that we were in a lot of the time was just mind-blowing. And uh, it was exciting to be making, making a film in the, in, in the sort of real heartland, you know, where we, I, I literally was taken from the airport one night by Billy the Kid's great-great-great-grandson. I shit you not. He, this guy, I'm sure he's got lots and lots of grandchildren because he was a bit of a player, Billy. But uh, this guy was, was absolutely bona fide related to Billy the Kid. And it was like, how more authentic could this part of America be, you know? And that was, that was a great fun. Um, yeah. It's nice to shoot a film in a place where you know any time of the day and night you can step out of your front door and buy a dream catcher. Uh, and that's something you can do in New Mexico. Or some meth. It's amazing. Well, we have a question all the way back, right? Okay. Hi, guys. Um, Hello. I saw a screening of Paul last month, and it's fabulous. It exceeded any Woo! and Thank all you. expectations I had. So, good job. Thank you. Um, my question is for Simon and Nick especially. 
Um, can you tell us anything on the third installment of the Blood and Ice Cream trilogy? Well, I can say, without shadow of a doubt, that Edgar Wright and myself have been emailing each other quite, quite fervently over the last couple of weeks, and I think we're going to try and write it this summer. So uh, that, that's where that is. Woo! Um, so fingers crossed that we can get it done. And Thank if you. Edgar falls sick <laughs> somehow... Or dies in a crash or something. Yeah, some mysterious... Uh, someone cut his brake line. Ed, uh, Greg has insisted on stirring Edgar's tea with a matchstick every day for the last two years. I don't know what he's trying to do, but there you go. It's a way of poisoning someone. Okay, next question. Um, what's your favorite scene, both filming the movie and watching the movie? Let's go start with Jason. Uh, my favorite scene in the movie would be... Um, I don't know. I think Have you seen it? There's a, no, not yet. The, um, but from the trailer, it seems that the, 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 the chase sequence there through, and the house blowing up, that's like a really cool sequence that took a long time to shoot um, and is very well done, Gregory. Well, thank you. Uh, for me, uh, working with... Uh, doing anything with Sigourney Weaver was amazing. Just uh, having her on set every day and uh, getting to act with her was pretty cool. N- Nick we, bit her. I did bite her, which was great. I you felt, were meant to, though, to be fair. It was in the I script. was hungry. Um, uh, I, I kind of tentatively nibbled at her, and then she said, no, really bite me. And when Sigourney Weaver says, bite me, you bite her. Uh, so biting Sigourney, and then there's, there's a kind of big uh, homage to S- Steven Spielberg at the end of the film, which I don't really want to give away. But when I watched that, and, uh, and uh, I can't really say much without giving it away, but there's a bit that kind of really lifts my spirit, and uh, hopefully you'll enjoy that too. Uh, I like blowing up the house. That was good fun. Um, we, we all stood about a quarter of a mile away from this building, and then we blew it up, and we all of us... We actually... It was such a massive explosion. I've never seen anything like it. We saw it, heard it, then felt it, in all in, this, all in the space of a second. So we saw the flash, then there was this boom, and then we all went, oh! and uh, we all really shouted the F word really loudly. <laughs> we? we were just jumping up and down, screaming at each other. It was a lot of fun. Uh, my favorite, some of my favorite scenes to film where I get to play out a very tentative romance with the fantastic Kristen Wiig, who is, you know, you know an absolute, just one of, is probably one of the funniest human beings we've ever met, and, and, and we have great fun with her on set because we spent a lot of time with her. So, so, so smooching with Kristen was a, a bit of a treat for me. I think my favorite scene, in a way, is the first time you see Paul in the film, because that was the first one the animators really tackled to try and make Paul look right and, and, and just figure out what he should look like, how he should be rendered, what his eyes look like. And uh, for six months, I was cutting this movie with just pasting Seth Rogen in, in a box floating around on the screen in his bike messenger suit, and I thought, this is a disaster. I will never work again. And the first time I saw the scene with this amazing animation in it, I thought, I felt a little bit like I felt wow, I made this. I can't believe that. That actually exists. And uh, when Paul steps out of the darkness for the first time, I thought, that's what I saw in my head. And it actually is pretty cool. It's very, still, I get tingly. And me too. But that's because of my circulation. (laughs) One more back here for you. Hey, guys. Uh, huge fans of all your work, and uh, the question basically is is living up to standards and expectations. I mean, you guys have all been part of or created huge projects between Arrested Development, Shaun of the Dead, everything else. Woo! Uh, woo! Um, 
Is there ever a time when you're on set or looking or writing uh, a project and just thinking to yourself, God, I really have to live up to such high standards? And like I said, with the rest of the development and Shaun of the Dead, do you ever compete with yourself, uh, whether it be acting or writing or anything like that? I think you have to stay true to the moment and, and always never think about everything. I mean, just try and do your best. I, and that's the only thing you can do is do, never sit back on your laurels and think, oh, we've got a good film, a couple of good films behind us now. Maybe people will give us a chance. You have to really, I mean, this was an interesting experience for us because it's a bigger film than Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz. And we had to be a little bit more open with it. We had to invite more people in, really, and make it a little broader and, and, and try and create a comedy which is more inclusive. You know, Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz are both films that appeal to particular kinds of people you know I'm, everyone here I'm sure but you know it feels slightly more like you're in a little gang with those movies whereas this because we have to make a film which is going to help us get the money back it made it took to make Paul who is an incredible creation we had to create a different kind of film and that was a real challenge for us because it, it, we had to learn and it, it was it was enormous fun and, and we, we, we never lost sight of the fact that we you know, we were making something that was uh, very dear to us and, 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 and we didn't want to let people down. And, you know, you, yeah, I guess so. I don't know. I just waffled a lot. I'm going to watch that back on the internet and blush. <laughs> Nick? Well, you know what he said. Uh, <laughs> I think if you, if you thought like that and you thought about trying to recapture old glories and not take risks to make other potentially, hopefully, better things, you'd never make anything, you know. Uh, uh, Simon and I have always said that we try to make things that are going to make us laugh and our mates. And if you try and second guess what the audience wants, I think, you know, 99 times out of 100, you're going to fall on your ass. Hashtag ass. Uh, so, you know, don't, don't, I don't think about it, you know, just, just crack on. We had to feel like we, we, we're on set daily. We working with who we were working with. We had to, make sure we stayed on our A game. And we, we, t we were telling a story today. We were watching Jason, Bill, and Joe do a scene with John Carroll Lynch on the monitor when uh, Zoyle first steps up. We ac accidentally kidnap Kristen Wiig's character. And um, Jason and, and Bill and Joe go to see her father to find out what happened. And we were watching this scene, and we genuinely said, we've really got to do our best acting in this film, otherwise it's <laughs> going to disappear. I think after the take, I said to Simon, come here, come here, I need to talk to you. <laughs> it's like a team talk. And we went off behind the trailer, I said, listen, man, we've we got, we got to bring it, you know, otherwise we're in, we're <laughs> we're in get shit. lost, we're in trouble. Uh, but that's nice, you know, it's a, it's a nice way to work. It'd be great can... if that really happened. It, I promise <laughs> you it is. Uh, you know, you've got to challenge yourself, and it's, it's good to do that. It's, it, I think it keeps you fresh and... Sharp. Thank you, and sharp. Ice cream. Yeah. I like that too. Windows XP. <laughs> Yay. <they're> perfect. <laughs> perfect. Some lasers would come out of the ceiling and just shoot anyone that went, hooray. <laughs> Sorry. You have been appleized. We have time for two more questions. I have one right here in the second row. Okay. Hi, uh, guys. Thank you for coming. Uh, my question for Simon, uh, since you're working with J.J. Abrams again on the sequel to Star Trek, uh, would you be filming an uh, episode of Fringe? Oh, Fringe. I'm just about to get into Fringe. I've always, I've really? always missed it. You know, My sister uh, just bought me the box set of the first it's season. It's an awesome show. Yeah, I've heard it's amazing. And I, I keep seeing it on TV, but then I kind of like, I think I can't pick this up in the middle. I must go back to the beginning, which we can the do these days. You know, I yeah. did that with Battlestar Galactica. I watched that from the... Thank you. From beginning to end. Uh, on we, in, While we were shooting Paul, we were both watching BSG, weren't we? So, yeah, I would definitely... I don't know about being in it. Um, 
that would be great. And as far as the new Star Trek's concerned, all I know is the script apparently is very good. I've not seen or heard anything, so I can't tell you anymore. Thank you. Pleasure. The final question. Wow. Make it good, little one. A lot of pressure. Hey, guys. Um, hey. Jason, I'm a huge fan. I'm wondering if there is a, a date for the release of the Arrested Development movie. Oh, it's the one you didn't want to get asked. <laughs> Well, there's no, there's no date, and um, I, I, there is no new update, but I can confirm the last update, which, uh, which, which Mitch Hurwitz uh, gave out, which was that he was writing it and that he wants to shoot it uh, this year. And the reason I can confirm that is that he, uh, he, he called me a couple of weeks ago and said, can we meet? Um, I want to talk to you about everything I've got so far on the Arrested Development movie. And I was, I was exactly like, like you would have been if you got that call. I, I couldn't because he hasn't told us anything. And so I met him and he told me like pretty much everything and he's got a lot. And so he's, he has been writing. He wasn't just BSing. So he's, he could be done soon and then that means that we really could shoot it this year, which... You know, basic math would just put it released, you know, probably sometime next year. So, I mean, my fingers are really, really crossed. Yeah. Woo! Well, these guys. Oh. Yeah, it, yeah, the original cast. Absolutely. You said you hated Sarah. Yeah. Except for <laughs> Michael Sarah. No, no, I can't work with him anymore. No, no. And if Mitch oh, Hurwitz uh, mysteriously died, um, <laughs> just, uh, if, his, if he went off a road. You've uh, got to just... get him and Edgar carpooling. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They could tour with Buddy Holly in an airplane. That's very exciting. I didn't expect to come to this and get... Greg! <laughs> Too well, soon. you guys have to go <laughs> catch a plane right now, so... Yeah, we have to go to Boston. What a so... terrible irony that would be. Oh, God. Oh, let's I'm all just, take a moment. Go it's taking a terrible you know? turn. Take us in while you can, because we're going down tonight. So thank you very much Thanks for coming. Thanks, you guys, coming. for coming out. And go see much. Paul on March 18th. That's right, thank guys. You. The film Paul, nationwide, March 18th. Don't forget. Guys, thank you so much for coming out again. We hope to see you later in the week. You have a wonderful, wonderful Monday evening now. <laughs>